welcome to Stop, Hack, and Roll, a podcast about convincing your Aunt Mildred to hack a mainframe to get the secret plans. I'm James. I'm Elspeth, and I don't know how I got here. And I'm Brandon, and today we're going to talk about introducing new players to the hobby through more accessible games. And adding people to your podcast. Through more accessible podcasts. Hey! We hit... 100 followers. 100 followers on Twitter. Yeah, I was really excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. You're Um, basically famous. And I think that, honestly, the majority of those are real people. Yeah, yeah, Because I I have the bad habit of using things like hashtag content and hashtag branding all the time on my own account, which means I get so many fake computer followers that are like, build your business (laughs) and live your life. Yeah. But I don't do that nearly as much on Stop, Back, and Roll. No. Um... So it's good. I think we have um, we have some real friends. I've started. I, I, we talked earlier about having some curated lists of game designers that we follow on Twitter that we really like, and people who other podcasts that we really like, and making a, a, sort of our lists section of our of that Twitter of our oh, Twitter we account. We need to do that. And we never quite did that. I think that's something we should do. Yeah, absolutely. To make it, to make our Twitter account not only just a place where people can follow us, but also a resource for finding other people in the community to follow yeah. them. And it's also just really been very cool getting to interact with all these people because a lot of them are people that we've met through other places, but we've got some like new people that we've been able to yeah. inter- interact with. Um, uh, Justin Cummings just yeah. this week sent us a game that I I w- intended to play today and that just got swamped, and I can't wait to play it because it uses uh, the Google Deep Dream, oh. which is... Have, have you seen the Google I have Deep not Dream? a clue what you're talking about. Please tell me. It's so cool. So Google has been programmed to learn how to identify different uh, things in a picture. Because it has learned what a dog looks like, it can now look at pictures that are just noise and extrapolate dogs. And, like, <laughs> see where in, like, clouds you might see a dog and then, like, outline it a little bit better. So what you can do is give a picture to this Google Deep Dream thing. And it just generates these wonderful, like, nightmare dreamscapes. Oh, God. As it sticks in, like, people's faces and dogs and cars and birds. It's so cool. Yeah, and so this game uses that. Because you're, like, going into a mental dreamlike state thing. It's a one-player game. I'm real pumped about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm almost definitely going to talk about this. Yeah. I think it would uh, definitely make me vomit. I, I'm so excited. I'm going to be posting the uh, the character sheet because it also has it has artifacts of play. Yeah. If this fun. were a Powered by the Apocalypse game, it would be as though Justin made it for me specifically. Yeah. We should, before we get any further, uh, officially sort of introduce Elspeth. Yes, we absolutely should. Because you heard her voice in the introduction, probably. I'm and, a figment of your imagination. And But now she's here for real. Hooray. Uh, so Elsbeth is a great friend of mine going back to college. No, I, no. She dragged me into the theater once again, kicking and screaming after I quit I really it after did, high yeah. school. Um, and then I dragged her into doing a radio show. He, the the pitch was, can you do a Russian accent? And college me said totally. And now me says, oh my god, why did we do that? But it ended up working out. Yeah, and so now yeah. I have dragged her once again, kicking and screaming, behind a microphone. Elspeth has been playing games with me lately, 
And... It's basically Brandon's fault that I play games. Yeah. yeah. It is. Which brings us so nicely into our topic. All right. Yeah, it does. Uh, wow. Because today we're going to be talking about gateway games and bringing people into the hobby through a variety of different ways. And so so we wanted to talk about this because it's we're coming into the holiday season and it's the time of the year where people go back and visit their families and a lot of times that means hanging out with old friends from high school who you haven't seen in a while or family members or whoever. Or family members you don't like actually want to talk to. Right. That's how it is in my house. <laughs> so we play games. Yeah. yeah. Well, it really makes sense in a lot of ways to play games if there's any degree of awkwardness within a family because it is a structured activity that takes the pressure off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So why, why do we want people to play these games that we love? Because we love playing games. Okay. That's why we do this podcast, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So... And we want to introduce the thing that we love and care about into the people that we love and care about. Also, it not reduces... In, not into. Sorry. <laughs> to the people into. that we love and care about. Directly we... into. Yeah. Like, like a syringe into the blood. Yep. Right into it. Yeah. Just, Just like on injection. 30cc of Gygax. Mm -hmm. yep. Also, uh, it makes social gatherings a lot less awkward because... I don't know about you guys, but I don't see my family that often. And then we, when we get together, it's like, what do we talk about? How do we relate to each other without talking about something controversial like politics or something yeah. you really don't want to talk about with your family? Yeah. And and I've got a third one. We've actually got – we've hit all three ideas that I had bounced in my head um, that we want to grow the hobby because it could be that you introduce your niece to role-playing games and, oh my gosh, she ends up making the next Apocalypse Cast. World podcast she makes the next <laughs> apocalypse world podcast yeah, yeah. a podcalypse world uh, <laughs> there are, I, I have like three different powered by the apocalypse uh podcast that i listen to so uh who's surprised nobody not, for, uh, not anyone um but yeah like honestly anyone that you introduce to the game could Take end up making the next and thing and yeah. or just sitting down and playing the most meaningful role-playing game that you have in your entire life it's also building yeah. relationships. Like, I, we were friends before, but once we started having regular game nights, our friendship got way stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because you become part of that base game group, and then it's something mm -hmm. that everybody looks forward to and everybody puts time and energy into. Yeah. And if you introduce people to the game, maybe you'll introduce them to podcasts, too. And you'll introduce them to this podcast. Yeah. And then we'll become famous. Nope. And that would be great. And nope. then if you're me, you have to be introduced to Twitter as a result of <laughs> yeah. the podcast, yeah. as a Twitter result of the important. gaming. And then you just get lost completely. Yeah. So It's a rabbit hole. So how do how do we do this? Uh, Give them a third edition playbook. Yeah, exactly. And say, learn no. this. No. At, <laughs> at Thanksgiving, you say, here's Pathfinder. Here's 600 we're, pages. We're playing at Christmas. Yeah. Have you, have, you have a month. Go. Yeah, that'll yeah. work. Okay, so next year on Thanksgiving you can do that, but it's too late for that. Yeah. You need quicker <laughs> possibilities. Well. You email them fate. <laughs> they already know how to play. Okay, I'm checking off my boxes. Exactly. They got fate, PBTA. <laughs> We're getting there, but guys. I can't rock fate. No. Um, but so well, but like being real legit, that is one option. Mm -hmm. Is saying to your family, "Hey, you know these games I play all the time. Let's play one." And really actually playing it and printing out your playbooks and bringing all of the pretty polyhedral dice out and just going for it. And that works for some people some of the time. Kind of depends on what they uh, 
temperament of your family members are. Absolutely. <laughs> you, can, you can game with some people some of the time. Yeah. But not all people all the time. Yeah, you can game with some people all the time. Some people all the time. Yeah, and all people some Sometimes. of the time. Yeah. That'd be hard. Okay, all, group of all, all the time. people. <laughs> yeah. Check out our the episode, Too Many group. People at the Table. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have so many friends that want to play yeah. D&D with you. Yeah. Uh, um, but, like, you know, honestly, you could bring, especially a game that has relatively low setup, mm-hmm. um, and just run it. Dun- you can run Dungeon World without prepping anything. Yeah. I mean, I tend to prep for Dungeon World, but you could. And making the characters takes... 10 minutes if you don't get in depth i mean you want to get in depth because that's where that game really sings but if you don't get in depth you can do it in 10 minutes and everyone can be playing a game mm-hmm. and like you know harry potter's been around and I can't just don't We're not i'm not gonna it. say so, anything bad so, about harry potter Brandon is super insulting so, about harry not, potter no, harry potter's been around and lord like of the rings has it, been around no. and narnia has been around if you and find so a people game, understand fantasy if you find a game world that people already know. You don't have mm. to introduce them to the concepts. They already know the mm-hmm. how spells work, and they know the, what a. I feel like by extension, is. the uh, millennial apartment hunters would be a perfect extension of this too, because everybody knows what that yeah. character yeah. is. Well, and th- 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 didn't th- James th- Damato say explicitly <laughs> that that was a game he wrote to play with his family? I think that he that did. makes so much sense. Yeah, and he and, he, and, then, and I was gonna also. Just, let's just talk about James Damato for a while um, of the One Shot <laughs> Podcast and other yeah, and James, other podcasting James. James Damato of the One Shot Podcast, who needs no introduction. No. Um, he has done a couple episodes. I think at least one of them is in the regular feed, but one of them was in the secret archive that doesn't exist, um, where he plays Dread with his family. Oh, yeah. You and Dread's another great game because the mechanic is Jenga, which everyone mm-hmm. should, in theory, know how to play, or you can explain it to them quickly. And then you just sort of play. So it's like if you're not looking for a fantasy type game, you can play a horror game. Or really, I think you could probably apply Dread to most game, most things. I think you could apply it to many things. Yeah. Um, and that's Dread by Epidiah Ravishal. So yeah, so that's that's an option is you could bring a game, and that is what we did to bring your roommate, uh, Jason, to the game. Mm-hmm. Is we said, hey, what are you? Well, we actually had a previous plan, and then I they decided. Plotted. What? They plotted. We actually had a previous plan to play a different game. And then Jess was going, showing like a little bit of interest and seeming kind of maybe interested. And I was like, hey, Jess, you're into Supernatural, aren't you? Oh, yeah. And oh, she's like, oh, goes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. It's, I have this thing. If only there was a game that was like that. Like, boom, Urban Shadows. <laughs> and then she was in. And then she was in, and she has now played a couple of other games with us and is into these games. So you can either find... So that's kind of like the two ways that you can approach this. I'm making hand gestures that no one listening to us will hear or see. That's fine, we appreciate it. But you can either find a game that the rules system is so easy that you can introduce people to any setting or topic, Mm. and they can sort of get their brain around the rules because the rules are just basically non-existent because they're Jenga or whatever. You can find a more complicated game system that is in Harry Potter or in some setting that people already know, and so they've they've got that buy-in to the Mm. setting already. Or you can sit down to play a board game, as just happened to me over Thanksgiving. We got everybody around the table in the gaming room, and the game was not usable. It relied heavily on dry erase boards, and the dry erase oh. markers had dried up. And we just sat down, <laughs> and we were like, 
wow, we got really excited and there's like eight of us here now. What do we do? So I was like, well, we could play Dr. Magna Hands. And they were all like, I have not a clue what that is. But we played and it went really well. Yeah. My aunts and uncles who like walked past and heard bits and pieces of the craziness thought they they didn't want to know what was going on. But we had a good time. <laughs> that falls really nicely in that sweet spot of games that are both RPGs, full-on RPGs, mm-hmm. that are accessible and... Have uh, a very simple mechanic. Have a very They're simple instantly mechanic. playable. Yeah. Like, you don't have to explain anything. You just say, write these things on pieces of paper and give them to me. Absolutely. And that's it. And here's the thing that I love about that the most. If you have a team of people that all play RPGs, then you've got people interacting and playing the characters throughout. If you have a group of five people that do not want to role-play anything, they can play their card and mm-hmm. do literally nothing yes. else. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's still a solid game, and you can still tell a decent story with it. And mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of fun is had pretty much, like, even if the person playing the card isn't willing to engage that much, the GM then can really engage for them, and they feel like the they've made this really clever move and really you're just elaborating on what they've done and it gives them the confidence to role play a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. It's a really solid game. I think we've talked about it a couple of times. So I don't want to get too much into it. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. Grant Howitt. Yeah. You write down traits of superheroes on cards and it gets randomized. It's delightful, silly yeah. fun. At the risk of continuing to repeat ourselves a whole lot, um, I wanted to talk about um, the Baron von Munchausen. Yes. Because that's another game that, like, I, and, and I've witnessed this firsthand because we played this at our friend Rob's party. And, we played it here, too. And here. Oh, I, didn't, I don't think I played it here. Oh, you were late that but day. I was late that day. Yeah. But uh, we played it, and it's a great game where, the, for the people who are interested in playing a role or role-playing, um, they can they can do that, and they can dive into that, and they can and sort of tell stories. And people who are not interested in that at all can sit there and they can just listen or they can participate by pushing forward points and offering ideas. And then we had some people who sat down and said, no, 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 I could never possibly do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, well, and then they had some ideas. And then later we got them to tell stories. Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah. That, and this is, uh, in case you haven't heard of it, it is The Extraordinary Adventures of Baron Munchausen and by uh, James Wallace and Baron Munchausen. Uh, and it is basically a game where you are writing big kind of colonialism era uh, stories and just telling them and people get to make little introductions of new facts and things like that. Yeah. And the great part about it is you can pull people into your story that would not maybe normally want to participate, but yeah. you've gotten halfway through and it's funny and, and you ask them to join you. And in that moment, it's kind of hard to say no. And it's And it's <laughs> not in a way that's like, you yeah. know, bullying. It's it's more like inclusive. It's like yeah. come come play this game with me. It doesn't matter if it makes yeah. no sense. I think well, we had the the best experience that that I've had with this game in terms of making it work. Yeah, is we sat down at Rob's party, and we were uh, sitting in an area that was between where the majority of the party was happening and the bathroom. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was great. So, so you catch them. So we catch them. So people would walk by and they'd hear like one Something of us going like, weird. Oh, and then they would just go no that's weird and they'd go to the bathroom bathroom. and then on the way back they come back and they see everybody (laughs) laughing and they hear the person still using their funny voice Uh and they're like can i sit down for a second and we're like oh yeah here have some chips (laughs) here's some chips uh and then they were in here's some tokens too yeah have some chips have some tokens (laughs) uh Uh, Um, but it worked and we had people playing the game (laughs) and i don't know that any of those we didn't 
I wasn't there to convert people to role-playing games. Yeah. And so I would have, at the end of that, pushed that a little bit more and been like, hey, this is one example, but there's all yeah, these others. Yeah, that was, that was a... That was real it was casual. A, wasn't it a, it was a post-wedding party. Yeah. And so there were people we didn't know. And so it was still fun, but ideally if you were... If sort of you know your family. I think most people do. Um, and so you can follow up with them and say, hey, like, here's the thing you could try. If you're yeah, if I'm whatever. being real honest... The people that I didn't know before the wedding, I still don't know their names. Yeah. But one of them told a really great story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think I think that hits on um, another thing that that I wanted to talk about, which is that there's a there's a comfort level thing. I think even mm-hmm. when you're sitting down to play, like I know when I played D and D when I was in middle school, we sat around the table and it was awkward because we were in middle school, and so we didn't role play. We just did stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But slowly, as we got older, and some of my, my friends were in the theater, they started role playing. And then because everyone was doing it, it it doesn't feel like this silly thing that someone's doing anymore, and so you just kind of accept it. And so finding games where one or two people can who are in the hobby already can sort of engage in role playing, to make it not a weird thing for other people can help them get into it. Yeah. And so what I was going to suggest was any game where you're playing a board game or you're playing some kind of a game where you have a role, but like we had written down on our list, um, Betrayal at the House on the Hill and Mm -hmm. Werewolf Mm -hmm. are games where you're given a character, but the game doesn't really expect you to role play that Mm -hmm. character. If you have people... I'm villager. Yeah. (laughs) Or like sometimes I I make decisions when I'm playing I'm betrayal. Ox bellows. Yeah, like I, Brennan I'm does a that every small time. Asian child who likes <laughs> yeah. bugs. That's yeah. what my cousin was saying. He played as Brandon and uh, not not this Brandon, yeah. Brandon Jaspis. Yeah. And uh, he was like, I'm a scared nine year old with yeah. bad sanity. I'm obviously not going to. be. And so you can start and, by and just play as the, making. As choices in the game based mm-hmm. off of the character and then you could talk to other people at that character and then and you can almost trick them into playing role yeah, playing totally you. if you choose uh flash and put on a, a shaggy voice yeah from scooby-doo you've got them you're four-fifths yeah. of the way there yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> zoink scoob <laughs> to be honest that was the game that got me into gaming after we played that game on our date game night that we have um he he was like, hey, I have this game called Urban Shadows. I think you'd really like it. And I was like, I mean, okay. And yeah. then I was hooked. That was that was where it started. So I would say that um, Betrayal is a really good gateway game. Because it's not... I think one of the scary things about role-play games is it's kind of vulnerable. Because you're exposing a part of yourself that maybe you wouldn't otherwise. Or maybe it's something that you feel on the inside that you kind of want to express that you don't really want to express. But um, the thing about betrayal is it's it's like you said, it's a given character. You don't have to create mm-hmm. anything for yourself. You just have to read what's on the card and give in to that. You don't have to give any of your real yeah. self to yeah. it. You're not there's there's a there's an aspect of playing a pen and paper game where you are not only saying, I'm doing this weird thing where I'm playing a character, mm-hmm. but also I built this character mm-hmm. and yeah. I wrote this. And it's thing. very personal. And it, like I'm having that trouble now. Brennan's been helping me with my my D&D character and I'm like I'm finding it so personal I'm like they're gonna know things about me because mm-hmm. it's gonna be personal but you know I have Elsbeth, to get over it Elspeth <laughs> was horrified because she told me what uh, race and class she would choose for D&D and he went I knew it and I wish and like I, I could have written it down ahead of time yeah. and I, I would have known it already and then I felt like a total cliche of you know 
a person and I was like, I got to rethink this. But, but I mean, like, I'm the half Latino guy that's like, hey, I'm going to be a half, half elf. elf. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You to be fair, gotta, my brother figured it out too, so I, yeah, I you must just gotta be just roll see into it. Yeah. Yeah. And just do it. You gotta stop, hack, and, and roll, roll into guys, it. That's Catch some so dewey. cheesy, so cheesy. <laughs> uh, really, with any of these games, you can insert something into it. If you're playing Risk and you want to play El Generalissimo because you started off down in South America, yeah. look at you, hashtag branding. That. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always on brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you're playing whatever, like if you're playing a game that has you read things. I'm thinking of um above and below uh, above and below, which is a like a story board game that has mm-hmm. you read sections that then people have to make decisions on in kind of like a choose your own adventure sort of way. And 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 sort of they're bringing around to sort of house ruling or hacking. You could easily take something like betrayal and say mm-hmm. if you're playing into the character that you're supposed to, that you you've been given, you get a plus one to your roll. Oh or yeah. You get to do re-roll a die or something once mm-hmm. in a while and if you're the person who's sort of bringing the game to your friends then you can say here's this house rule how about how do you feel about trying to play it this way yeah mm-hmm. there's also the fun uh rule in that if like if you're on different floors or you're in different rooms it makes strategizing so much harder and it mm-hmm. can really add yeah. a complexity to the game that it might not otherwise have <laughs> rob wants I to do play really want to game. play I, I keep bringing up rob and i, I feel wanna, kind of weird doing that but i want to play we, were you there when we were talking about this? Playing Betrayal at the House on the Hill, where he has three floors in his house. Oh my god, And we actually should. physically splitting up the floors so that you couldn't talk to someone who was on a different floor from you. Because you'd then you'd have yell. to move to the room that they're yeah. in, or... Yeah. 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 No, I, some, I think that's a genius idea. Yeah. I have some questions related to that. There I are don't. Some kind of I have only answers. <laughs> I only have answers. Like, how do you determine turn order? You but... just yell. His, that's, 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 that's the true. beauty that's of the beauty his house. Of that space yeah. His house is totally open. Mm-hmm. So, and then as, as another way, um, I I don't like bluffing games. Okay. I just they're not for me. I no. don't. There's something about them that I've I don't like. Get, I've seen you get really and I just get bored unhappy and bored. And so, but I have friends who like to play them, and so we play things like Resistance and Avalon, and um, cool. for, some, for some reason, identical games. I like Avalon a lot more. Don't mm-hmm. know why. Because but, theming matters. But theming matters. And the thing that I've started doing is I just play a character because uh-huh. the thing that I do... It's then like, you're not straight up lying. Yeah. Like, not James lying. Well, and so the thing with Resistance is it feels like it's a game where... I don't know if this will even... Because it's just a tangent about mechanics. But, like... <laughs> our, game, our podcast is about mechanics. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Resistance feels like a game where if you could just, like think a little bit harder or do a little bit more logic you could figure out who all the spies were right and you can't but you can't you that's can't. not how it it's works just it's not it's not gonna work yeah and so what i do elizabeth's fiance has the same issue with that uh yeah brandon almost broke made, up my my engagement one I, time we played avalon i made him so mad and i wasn't meaning to we were the two servants bad. of mordred and like somehow brandon had everybody con- he was bad but like he had everybody convinced i was good including my fiance and when it came out that i was not he was like (laughs) heartbroken it was the saddest thing and it's all brandon's fault i mean and then he yells at people when you're playing he's like you literally can't figure it out statistically you cannot figure it out and Mm -hmm. that just like opens up a whole other can of worms and so and so the conversations that i have with people end up being think not things like hey you should put me on this mission because like you trust me mm-hmm. but they're things like you should put me on this mission because i am a great knight yeah. and i would lie i am a nut 
And so you can just start sort of doing things like, and then so like that's how I am. For I am the strongest of arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just start making things up, and I yeah. start creating a character, and I just play that character for mm-hmm. the rest of the game. Which, and that's how I deal personally with bluffing games. And so that's a way that I, I guess that's another thing we talked about previously, but that's how I introduce role playing into a game where no one else is role playing. Yeah, well, honestly, but that's a good idea. Aaron makes fun of me all the time because no matter what game we're playing, I am role playing. Yeah, uh, and it's true. Like so, including life. Yeah, just yeah. Just, 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 just fake it. Just life, life. Is, life is a LARP. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a bopper sword. That's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> so I think we've kind of talked about two things: bringing in an RPG, bringing in a game that, and just like adding RPG elements. I think there's a third section of games that's worth looking at, and those are the sort of parlor LARP, mm-hmm. uh, mystery dinners. And things like that that have become, for some reason... Socially acceptable. <laughs> totally socially acceptable. Yeah. Well, yeah. our area of geekdom has been kind of pushed to the corner. It's because... Yeah, yeah, I think it's because one involves, you know, a social gathering that people have already deemed acceptable. You know, it's like a party. It's a yeah. whatever. And the other one is seen as, like, running around in a field in makeup and, like, nothing against LARP. I would love to LARP. And actually, James and I have both played Ghost Court. Yes. And that's actually the game that I wanted to bring up within this category. Uh, Ghost Court is by Jason Morningstar, and it has everything I am looking for in terms of introducing people to games. Mm -hmm. It is uh, this weird theater game experience Mm. that is in a little box with a bunch of cards. If you have a box full of cards, first off, that makes you look like really legit as opposed to having the printed out things and a yeah, bunch of yeah. random dice in a bag. Uh, secondly, it has the easiest drop-in, drop-out ever. Yeah. And it is silly and awesome. And I think drop-in, drop-out is one of the most yeah, important giving things. People, I was thinking about mm-hmm. yeah, giving people that escape yeah. for mm-hmm. if they decide they just want to sit there and, and sort of watch. Because it's stressful. Like, like, if you think about how much work we put into playing these characters... Like, especially if you're playing a crunchy system, I, the people talk about playing characters for, like, 15 years in a yeah. single campaign. I could, I, I wish literally could, I could not do, do that. that. I, I couldn't. I, I understand how people do really that, though, because you get attached. And especially, I, I can only speak from my experience, but especially for somebody who is a newer player, you get attached to the characters you're making yeah. because you don't have as many of them. Like, I know, Brennan, you have, like, a, an index of characters you could draw from but like i've only had what two like you know so well i i I mean i played an online text-based game um for which is like a it doesn't even exist anymore i'm not gonna explain what it is um (laughs) but when my character died in it i'd been playing him for like i think two and a half years or so i was actually emotionally a little messed up after that because Mm -hmm. it was someone that i'd played for hours and hours and hours And I think that's, again, that's something you, it would be hard to introduce a new player to, yeah. is, is getting them, you're not going to get somebody emotionally invested like that. So having something that's drop in, drop out friendly to get back on track is, is a really attractive thing because then it's not too much commitment and they're not saying I'm fully playing. Like it's easy yeah. for them to walk away and say I'm tired or I'm, I'm not in this anymore. Yeah. Um, I think in a lot of games, I mean, my family plays Catan quite a lot. Okay. And while that's not an RPG, you get tired. 
You yeah. know, you, you, mm-hmm. sometimes those go way longer than you think they're going to. And then by the end of it, you're just like, you don't care who wins. And it, it's, it would be better at that point to be able to walk away from it. And, and I think we've, we've mentioned a couple of games that really hit this really well. Um, nothing hits this as well as the Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that is the easiest drop-in, drop-out mm-hmm. RPG I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Werewolf, I think, manages it really well because your character gets eliminated. Yeah. What sucks about that is just the inherent problems of character elimination. Yeah. Um, uh, additionally, oh, what was I literally just talking about? Ghost Court. Yeah. Um, if you are done... You're done. Yeah, that mm-hmm. actually happened to me when we played. We played Goth Court. Yeah, at Manitopia, <laughs> and I had it in me to do one round of being on the stand. Yeah, and then I was like, I just can't anymore. Yeah, I'm tired. It's midnight, but I want to still participate and enjoy watching people make silly fools of themselves as goths. Yeah, and, and that was what I was able to do. And if you've got like a nice sized crowd of people, if every person takes one case. You don't need anyone to go yeah. up a second time. You've got a full game right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's say, hypothetically, maybe you did that over Thanksgiving. You played a game like that. You got people interested. Now you, now maybe you're looking to take the next step. Where, where, do you, where do you, or your friends ask you, hey, that thing we did was fun. How can I keep doing that with my friends back mm-hmm. where I, wherever yeah. I am off of college or with my wherever I live now? What's the next step to push people towards? I, I think there's two possibilities. If they live near you and you can run a game for them, Mm -hmm. then choose a system that has a short campaign length, Mm -hmm. something like Fate or Powered Mm -hmm. by the Apocalypse, that are four to six session campaigns. And if you can get them to buy in that, like, you know, they play a couple of times and you can do a full or like a little compact, even like a one shot, Mm -hmm. just to hit them with something like a real, hit them with a real RPG. Mm-hmm. I would even say you did one time for us. We didn't have a lot of time one evening and you you really wanted to play masks and I remember oh. you bought you brought it and you were like we only had maybe 3 hours which was definitely not enough time. And so you just hooked up, we made characters and then you hooked up just a really good battle sequence for us to get a taste of like what the game mm-hmm. was like and we all wanted to play more as soon as yeah. that battle was over. That was not 3 hours. That was an hour and a half of was time. Was it seriously? It was only an hour and a half of time. And because we'd already been playing games that night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you brought games. it with you and you're like, I really want to play this game, guys. And that's actually the other thing. Um, I was actually just, I think maybe two weekends ago, I was out at my in-law's place. And my wife and I ended up being the last two people that were there. And she was talking to her aunt. And her cousin was, she was... Her cousin, who's probably about 16, 17, mm. was just kind of kicking around doing nothing. And I was kind of kicking around doing nothing. So I said, hey, you want to learn a dirty game? game? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And I was like, you're into Vampire Diaries, right? And she said, yeah. And I was like, you want to play a game where you're a vampire? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I Brandon, wrote... making friends all over the place. Yeah. So you I... buzzed out monster hearts. <laughs> no. <laughs> So I didn't have my materials with me. I didn't have yeah. any printed playbooks. I didn't. I, I had my dice on my phone. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down the stats from Urban Shadows. I assign, helped her to assign them. I made a harm track. And then I just did, like, you know, your 7 to 9 is a partial hit. 10 plus mm-hmm. is a success. And 6 minus is a failure. Mm-hmm. And we ran, like, a 40-minute game with just those rules. And she started out, like, you know... 
wide-eyed, scared little 16-year-old mm-hmm. uh, going like, I have no idea what this game is. And by the end of it, she was like, yeah, I I pull him out the window with me. Nice. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's amazing. Death. And so she's in. She's so and I'm going to be playing further games with her. <laughs> nice. And I'm so excited because she's yeah. probably going to be like the next Jason Morningstar or Vincent <laughs> mm-hmm. Baker or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that is something you can do is yeah. just say, hey – you want to play? And 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 also as a someone who who knows a little bit about games and has their own game podcast, you were able <laughs> to sort of take Apocalypse World, which was a game that you know really well, and say, here are the the sort of two or three really important parts that I can convey to someone quickly, and we can play that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, um, I once we I ran a game for of Fate Accelerated that you were there for and, yeah. and some of my other friends were and some of them we had a whole group of people who were like from fresh never played a pen and paper game before some people who had played D D back in the day some people who were actively playing with us and so i wanted something that anyone could could and and, and none of them had f- played fate before and so we played fate accelerated and i basically sort of house ruled out the whole skill system yeah <laughs> and we kind of just played and i just sort of pushed people and we did some skills when we needed to but i pushed people away from it just to keep everything simple, and we ran a, and I ran an adventure that way because yeah. I wanted to. Well, it was also a huge group of people, so I didn't want to do all these yeah. skill rolls. But and that's a really clever, gradual way to introduce somebody to it because I remember very early on in our gaming group sessions, Brandon was like, "Let's play D and D," and all of us collectively were like, "Nah." <laughs> and then like he sneakily got us to play RPGs, including his wife, which was, like, super impressive. Yeah. We, we all played Urban Shadows, I think, two or three times and mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. And and then he pitched to me this this idea, you know, to play D&D on a podcast. And I was like, uh, I know nothing about D&D, but I'm less scared now because yeah. you've introduced it slowly to me yeah. and I feel like I could handle it. Every person who is listening to a role-playing game podcast has a game that they could play half of it from memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you take your strength, constitution, dexterity, wisdom, intelligence, charisma, yeah, I still got it. Uh, <laughs> choose an HP amount. Give them appropriate stats. James, do you want to be a fighter or a wizard? Fighter. Okay, that means you got plus one to your attack. Mm-hmm. And here are your stats. Roll, 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 roll. Uh, what do you do? You attack the guy. Okay, we roll. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. That's D&D. Like, and then most people, you'll either hook or you won't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in theory, you could keep slowly introducing things. Yeah. Adding skills. And, and a lot of those you could add back in as you suddenly found yourself needing them. Yeah. Which is what like I would do in Fate. Um, yeah. And, and we've, we've joked about house ruling being something as – or hacking games being something as simple as nobody uses grappling rules in yeah. D&D or age rules. But you could get to the point where you need those, and so you could add that you level of complexity. Complexity, but then it's in. not so scary because it's one rule on top yeah. of things that you've yeah, already yeah. established. I think the intimidating thing about D and D is like that manual is thick, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> and if you haven't spent time with it, like somebody like me, I was like, I missed out on this in high school. You know, I didn't play it in eighth grade, so I yeah. feel like I can't jump <clears> in now. I feel like I've missed the growth pattern to to really understand it but you know like if you're gradually introducing it i mean this has been a a couple of years of you laying the groundwork of this you know i think i think that's a a much easier way to to make it a more inclusive Mm -hmm. thing i've been meaning to write down a plan a progression plan for how to transition people 
from or back and forth from fate to pathfinder mm. and where you would mm. slowly either start if, if like so this wouldn't be as much for introducing friend, like new people but if you're if you have your sort of classic old school pen Rock and paper Mark. game friends mm-hmm. who've been playing pathfinder or whatever how could you slowly remove parts of that and replace them with aspects i feel like they would be really they would really cling to the yeah the crunchiness <laughs> but of the or game. vice versa yeah how, where could you say replace the skill system from fate with sort of a more pathfinder mm-hmm. skill system and where could you slowly add things in and suddenly you're just playing pathfinder mm-hmm. i've i've been thinking that i want to someday play a game of uh, D where instead of using the skill list because i hate Eight skill lists just have them justify why they would have that skill yeah that and would be so like, fun Brand- be Brandon, so... like with an aspect like with an aspect oh yeah my God. essentially yeah <laughs> well absolutely like like you know the this cleric... has been an all-day conversation about aspect and yeah well like 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 legitimately if someone's playing a cleric and they're about to roll why are they gonna have a list of skills we know they're good with religions yeah mm-hmm. if someone is playing a fighter and they've jumped on a horse why am I going to have them check to see if they happen to check off ride? Of course they did. They're a fighter. Initially, those skills served a purpose because you were defining the character because the character was not already defined. So now we know what those things are kind of inherently because of pop culture or because of stories that we're used to. So we don't need them. And it's easy for us to look back and say like, and take something like Fate or like Powered by the Apocalypse, which is less than 10 years old like these are new innovations and we legitimately do have a field that is creating innovations this is silly games and having a good time but we're finding new ways to tell stories and new ways to have fun the other thing is um a thought i have that i want to get out before i totally lose it is like so what sort of what you were talking about with removing the skill system is i can see how people sitting down to play pathfinder or D would end up with or who are looking to modify that system would end up with something like fate because you always have those moments where you're like okay here's my skill list i need to do some acrobatics and i'm a fighter and i and like the reason why i'm acrobatic is just because i'm a fighter and that's what i do but i also yeah. have the skill number and i just failed my skill role but i shouldn't fail my acrobatics role because i am the fighter i should be mm-hmm. able to do acrobatic things and so you would slowly just be like frustrated with that and replace it with a thing that just says i'm a freaking fighter i get to do acrobatic things I think Here's that's... a point. I'm just gonna pay for it, and you're yeah. gonna yeah. do it because I said so. When you've got the cleric that has minus two on his uh, acrobatics roll, and the thief that has plus eight, and then the thief rolls a one, yeah, that yeah. sucks. That feels so bad. And that's one of the things that's so nice about Urban Shadows, which was the first one that I played, is that, you know, I would say, okay, I punch him in the face, and Brennan goes, why? You know, and I'm like, well, he just took out my my right hand, and I'm pissed. And he's like, cool. Cool, it happens. You know, like, yeah, it's that works. Because why wouldn't it happen? Mm-hmm. Like, if if you are a fighter and you are de- – we're, we're so We're so off topic, off topic. but it's but fine. If, we'll come if back. If you're a fighter and there's, like, a little cobalt or something, and you say I grab the cobalt and smash him against the wall? Like, of course you do. Of course. Like, yeah. That's easy. And so bringing this back to how do you play with your, <laughs> with your family and friends. How did we get is here? That, like, so if you are a person who grew up in an era where you're talking about thinking and talking about D&D, then those things are going to be sort of natural to you. But if you are trying to introduce friends who aren't in that sort of community, in that mindset, they're going to be the people who are the most frustrated when you go, I want to do this thing, when they say they want to do this thing, but they can't mechanically because the mechanics are stopping them. So finding games or hacking games to sort of remove those barriers, mm-hmm. those are sort of, once you've gotten them past the social aspect barriers, those are the next barriers to entry. 
And, you know, there's nothing wrong with letting them kick a whole bunch of butt and leave feeling great. Mm -hmm. um, because that leaves you wanting to play more. It's just better for everybody. There's no point in... Like, rules are there for a reason, and I totally get that. But in that moment, the if the rules are going to inhibit the fun and inhibit somebody from want, wanting to do it yeah. again, it's not worth it for yeah. anybody, really. And on the other hand, when I played with my cousin-in-law, <laughs> uh, she got uh, thrown out a window by an enemy and nearly fell to her death. And I told her at one point, if you fail this next roll, your character is going right. to die. And there was like there was like a look of like, oh, There's, I, I get why this yeah. game is cool yeah. now mm -hmm. at that moment. Because you'd because at that point you'd gotten to the point where she had bought in, yeah, and now you've set stakes. It's almost like dread that they have a choice if they're gonna roll or not. Mm -hmm. And so telling them what the stakes are and asking them what you're trying to talk to this person, you're trying to negotiate with this person, what do you want to get out of it? That's so important. I think that's another good tie-in to, to a game like Betrayal because it's like it's written on a card and mm -hmm. it explains and how you succeed and how happen. you fail and like what the middle ground might feel like. And um, it's something that they can learn on their own and not have to feel stupid for not knowing because they can yeah. read it and it's acceptable to read it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that we sort of started by saying that a way to bring people into this would be to take games where you have characters but there's no role-playing and sort right. of slowly add role-playing and now we're sort of also saying that the next step might be to take role-playing games and add a little bit of board game stuff to them because like that's yeah. the thing that like because what you were basically saying is the thing that's nice about moves in in apocalypse world is that all of the win conditions and the failure conditions are laid out right there for you yeah. so you know what's going to happen no matter what happens when you roll i think the key is to make the new player <clears throat> feel empowered rather than isolated yeah yes. you, you don't want them to feel like they are missing so much history that they can't accurately play the game yeah so if you're whatever the the skill level is whatever like i think you based a lot of our early games on things you knew we knew yeah and that made it a lot more approachable and honestly that's how i started listening to the the podcast because i was like well he's going to talk about things that i was there for so mm -hmm. that makes me feel a lot less and we did, uh, i think Scary. So, yeah, you said yeah. we were the group that ruins games, and I felt oh, really, right. really good about that. You played the sad version of <laughs> oh, every you game that I played. The saddest mass campaign that, that ever happened. A, so sad. I, that, I guess that kind of sums up what we're talking about. Is we're looking that if you're trying to bring games to a new population, yeah. consider a couple of possibilities. Consider the possibility of drop in, drop out. It's real helpful. It's really mm. good. Consider rules like games. And make sure you're not doing things that are really obscure. Yeah. Um, Headspace by Mark Richardson. The Mark Richardson? Headspace by The Mark, the Richardson. Mark Richardson. Author of Headspace. Is a great game, but it's niche and weird in cyberpunk. Yeah. And unless, chances are your aunt doesn't know that. Yeah, unless your aunt does know that, and in which case that's the thing to play. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, Go in the comfort zone. Go right in that comfort yeah. zone. And then make them feel empowered by their knowledge of that thing and base a game on that thing or get them in the door where they feel comfortable. And don't be afraid to let them be awesome. Uh, yeah. All right. So that is our topic. Um, yeah. If you do bring your game to some new people, let us know because we love hearing stories. It's so encouraging to us anytime the hobby grows in literally any way. Mm-hmm. 
uh, if you bring it to people and it doesn't work out, let us know so we can talk about it because we would love to try to help out any way that you can. Yeah. And, you... I, and I I want to know the ways that you house rule your games to play with friends who don't play. Mm. Ooh, I like that also. Because yeah. there, I'm sure there are other things that we haven't thought of and I want to know. And heck, if you've got a board game that you oh, make yeah. a little bit more RPG yeah. and we did not mention it. Let us know if I we'd like to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear someone who yeah. like <laughs> calls in and says like, "Hey, uh, I play Candyland as a role playing game." Mm-hmm. That would actually be really fun. Yeah. yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be we, real. I've fun. only played it once or twice, but Mysterium is a game that's it's it's still a pretty new board game, oh. and we haven't played it yet. But uh, it's really everyone plays like a crazy mystic future seer. Um, mm. and that would be a some, fun game to play. I have some excellent seer voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like Dead of Winter would be a really good oh, that, RPG that'd be hack. Good too. Yeah. A lot of screaming. Yeah. That game's already though. so sad though. I think, it, I think it's business time. So yeah. yeah. So so now we do have some some housekeeping and some business that we want to go over. Um as you guys probably heard, we had to release uh one of our last episode on Thursday instead of Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The reason for that was right now we pay for a hosting plan that allows us to upload 50 megabytes of podcast audio a month. And so we break that into two 25 megabyte episodes. And that's been working for us pretty well. Um, and But for certain months in certain years, uh, the way the dates lay out, like in November, there were five weeks. And yeah. so that meant, or there were, yeah, so there should there have been weeks and it lined up in yeah. a way that we should have had three episodes. We could have cut an episode in half and done a short episode, or I could have compressed it even more than I normally do. <laughs> and the audio quality would have dropped even more. Um, but we kind of just decided to play an interesting game where we just moved it to Thursday, which was December 1st. And that way we still got our episode released on that week, but it was just late. Yeah, and we, we want to try to keep the week that we're currently doing yeah. because we line up with Modifier and that way we get to have our little hack week thing with yeah. our podcast rival. Uh, but needless to say, that causes some problems because now we're looking at December. <laughs> where, where we've already released one episode and it's only the sixth or whatever it is right now. Yeah. And, and I mean, this will be the last episode we can release in December. Yeah, and so we could... I guess released January first, but we don't want to do that. We're we're trying to have a consistent schedule, mm-hmm. and so one of the problems that we're hitting is that we are paying for this podcast out of pocket, and as you know, we don't have any advertisers. We are just kind of eating that cost. Yeah, and so- we love this podcast. We. This this is not any sort of a thing where we're saying stop hack and roll is going to disappear. Yeah, we are here. We're going to continue bringing you games. We're going to com- continue bringing you talk. But so the important takeaway from this, if you turn the podcast off right now, the important thing is this episode will be the last episode we are going to release in 2016. We're going to go on a three or four week hiatus. We will be back the second week in January, which is every other week. We're just going to skip a week. Yeah. Uh, Which, conveniently, it lines up with the holidays. So it's like we're just taking a long holiday break. But it's also going to give us some time to record so we can get a little ahead of ourselves. And so we can, going into the new year, be consistent and keep producing high-quality episodes for you guys. It's also going to let us get a chance to start working on our second podcast. Because we want to really bring more content and more people in. 
uh, Elsbeth, our dear friend who is sitting with us right now and kind of being quiet during our business time. Well, I don't know business time. <laughs> James and I have had time. a lot of business lot of time conversations. It's okay. Wasn't a part it's all right. Uh, Elsbeth is going to be in our second podcast. We are still playing around with the name, but we're really excited to bring it in. Yeah going to be our first delve into a little bit of actual play mm-hmm. while also being while also still maintaining this feel of taking games and modifying them and working mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and and sort of being introspective about the way we game which is i think a lot of what we do here absolutely i um, think also uh, uh, your listeners are missing out on the high quality voices and characters that actually come out of you guys during these games (laughs) and you know people need to hear those things Mm -hmm. um so yeah so we we have this situation that we want to bring more content i'm so excited about this game about this podcast that we have coming out but even aside from that i want stop hack and roll to be more Mm -hmm. so i think it's important for us to emphasize that these things are probably going to happen yeah whatever happens but because we're talking about more hosting fees we're talking about on a whole nother podcast we are at some point going to run up to the point where we just can't afford to do this yeah. by ourselves so mm-hmm. not now probably sometime next year we're going to start talking about maybe doing a patreon yeah i think that I mean, I'd love to be able to bring our new podcast to you as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping it will be early, but we're not looking for an enormous amount of money. We're not looking to quit our jobs. No. We're looking to just cover enough of hosting that we're able to keep doing things. Mm-hmm. And we have kind of some big plans that we'd love to do. Uh, we'd love to bring a little bit of actual play to stop hack and roll because we've created these games mm-hmm. and I'm sure some of you would love to hear us play them. Uh, I think Luchador Atone could be a ton of fun to mm-hmm. hear on a podcast. Pasión de las Pasiones, neither of you have played, and I know yeah. that both of you would like to. It's like mm-hmm. killing me. And <laughs> I, I want to play that Academia game, yeah. and I think oh, that that's going to be so good for an, uh, an AP. <sighs> yeah. yeah, so I think uh, I, we sort of did the rough math, and like something like $30 gets us most of the hosting we need. Honestly, it's it's almost less about hitting a specific goal and more just saying that we can only afford so much on our own. Yeah. Uh, so if you are able to give any amount and you see that podcast, that Patreon come up, uh, please consider it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we want to, uh, we want to do more and do better for you guys. And and really also it gives us an excuse to do things like create rewards because, yeah. and, and, and so we've talked about some of what we might do for that. And like, we definitely want to have like a Slack channel so that, uh, people who back us on patreon can sort of get direct, more directly in contact with us and um so as you are listening to this episode and thinking about that stuff uh feel free to hit us up on twitter with ideas for things that you would be interested in um so what kind of extra i mean what if we were get to the point where we had a better hosting plan then like what, what would you like to see as bonus episodes or longer episodes or whatever yeah um, what kind of rewards would be interested in um we're gonna try to craft this patreon in a way that don't want to pressure anyone into paying any sort of large amount of money because what we're talking about is trying to fulfill a goal a very small amount of money yeah and and try to then build the community and get you guys to talk to us more love the community that we have yep and we're excited we're excited because we have all of these ideas and we just can't afford to put all of them into place as we currently have it uh 
So, you know, let us know what would, you know, what would be the thing that would get you to support. And it could just be that you're like, hey, I'd support. And we'd love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't, we, why don't we just talk really briefly about this podcast that we've pitched. Oh, I'm so um, excited. And it sort of started with, I had said that I, I always regretted the fact a little bit that like this this podcast is exists because you and I were having, Brandon and I were having these conversations. Yeah. And we just wanted to record them because they were interesting. But like, the, we are just two guys. Yeah. And so I said to you, do you, know, do you have anyone else who doesn't sound like us? who we could introduce this podcast to get a broader cast of voices to, to, and, and opinions, really, because, like, we come from a very similar background in gaming. Yeah, you and I both started out um, on much. the younger side mm-hmm. with a bunch of really trad games and have been building into yeah. story games and are now writing our own games. And so, for all the same reasons why you we talked about this game, other gaming group that you were playing with, you suggested Elspeth. And, uh, and so now that's... Why we're going to bring her onto this podcast. And I initially the, was very afraid. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> because I am new and I, I don't want to profess that I'm not. And um, I'm still learning and I'm still, I still ask a lot of questions, but I think the thing that it, I can bring to it is that there is never a time that you can't join there. It's never too late to start learning or start being included. And I think mm-hmm. the really great thing about this podcast that we're pitching is it's going to start at the beginning. It's going to start with new characters, level one characters. It's mm-hmm. going to start with easy monsters and we're going to work, <laughs> our, well, I hope, uh, and we're going to work oh, yeah. our way up and it's going to, you know, you can grow with the podcast mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. I can grow with it. And I think that's a, a cool and thing so about it. We, we were seeking to add new voices and new people to the podcast and looking for maybe a dungeon world or something, pot, actual play. And if I'm being fully honest, um, James was wanting to make sure that we extended our representation. Uh, <laughs> and as a Latino dude, I yeah. was like, I feel like we're kind of doing okay. It would be great to have a woman. But honestly, if I were putting together a list, regardless of anything else, if I, had a, a if I was being told to make a list of who I want on the podcast with zero stipulations, uh, Elspeth would have been the top of my list Aww. already. Um, and so it's kind of just... A, a happy accident mm-hmm. that we are able to uh my heart just grew like 10 times <laughs> yeah it's true it's actually it's a Sounds little medically unsafe. Uh, i know it's i'm it's the like, grinch right now it's like bulging out yeah. it's, it's like pretty it's problematic really disgusting yes yeah, so we're gonna call <laughs> the ambulance, an ambulance soon and hopefully <laughs> she'll be able guys. to join but, us after thanks, that. Guys, yeah. thanks. um but so to actually get to the point of what this oh, podcast, yeah, podcast is going to be. Stop <laughs> flattering me, Brandon. Um, I'm not flattering is, you. <laughs> we had pitched this. I, I forget where this whole thing I came I don't even of, remember. But, but we, we had this idea that could we just sort of make level one characters and just sort of go through the monster manual in order of challenge rating and just fight everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like, just talk about what makes the monsters cool. What yeah. makes them interesting. I know when I GM that kind of a game or when I play with people who GM that kind of game, they think of an adventure that they want to run. And usually that kind of fantasy storyline has like orcs mm-hmm. or goblins or kobolds or whatever as their monsters. People don't usually go, Oh man, I need a creature. I need a challenge rating of this. Let me just go to the monster manual yeah. and find one. And Oh, here's this monster. No one's ever heard of. I'm going to use that because and it mechanically so makes sense. But yeah, but, but I have on multiple occasions run into people who are not playing yeah. Just flipping through the book, going, this is a funny-looking monster. I wonder well, where yeah. I could use that. I mean, now we also have 
for fifth edition of Volo's Guide to Monsters mm-hmm. or whatever it's called, which is a deep delve into yeah. the lore of monsters. And we're like, hey, that's very nice, Wizards of the Coast. But <laughs> Let's go uh, deeper. we've got our own ideas and we want to go even deeper on it. And also, yeah. I'm really excited because our very first episode of Stop, Pack, and Roll, as I'm sure a lot of you will remember, was playing a traditional sort of game, GMless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we definitely are going to be bringing to this is that kind of popcorn style of mm-hmm. actual play that I think isn't being shown anywhere else in the podcasting space. I'm so excited. Yeah, guys. it's going to be fun. And we're sort of still working out all the details, but uh, it's going to be good. So um, I want to fill your lives with us. Yeah. All the the voices in my head. The first yeah. time I met James in person, I had already listened to your voice for months. <laughs> and I, I literally weird. walked up to you and said, hi, voice in my head. Yeah. And I think I scared you. Another way that you can really help us out and get ours in more ears and hopefully spread the stop, hack, and roll. Did I say something weird? No, it just sounds terrifying. In more ears. Yeah, get us in more ears. We Perfect. are a tulpa. Yes. And if you ha- introduce believe enough us, people to us, stronger. we become real and strong. <laughs> clap <laughs> your hands point. if you believe. <laughs> so, if you, so clap your hands and then use those hands to tweet at us at stop, there hack, and roll. Or you can reach me at, at, at end the meltdowns. And I'm at Dr. Captain Cobalt. And for those who care, I'm at the cat on the wall. Uh, additionally, if those hands are still looking for things to do, <laughs> you could give us a review on iTunes. Those reviews really help us quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. The sorting algorithm, you've heard this already. You listen yep. to other podcasts. Yep, We're yep, not yep. your only podcast. And if I can pat my own back just a little bit, there is now a Pasión de las Pasiones uh, Google Plus group, which is a little tiny group right now, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking for news on that, it'll become faster there than anywhere else. Yeah. So uh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you oh, for coming. Oh, joining so, us. so fun. And it is going to be even more fun when we're able to hit the table with our characters. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm Could not be more dice. excited. Yeah. So when you find yourself surrounded by your family, holding a stack of papers with your newest weird niche system on it, never forget to stop. Hack and roll. I really want to do like a uh, like a what's the the schoolhouse rock style oh yeah <laughs> linguistics gaming Can linguistics we? i'm just a gm yeah to be fair i mean we don't go into these games saying let's break our hearts over and over it's just sort of happens that's like, true that's true